You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 56. All right, guys, let's jump right on in as quick as we can. And before I get started, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to episodes 54 and 55 to get some groundwork and foundation for this episode. Um, We're talking about tests that taught me lessons, and we've already covered the first six out of 15 tests that taught me lessons. The first one was the grace test. Grace is the answer and the filter to everything in my life. It brings me clarity. It gives me security. And it really puts everything that I do in leadership and life and marriage and parenting and all the other areas of my life into its proper perspective. You got to filter everything through grace. Grace comes first. Then number two, we talked about the acceptance test. That's understanding your full and complete acceptance in Christ. It is the remedy for insecurity and dysfunction in your life. You have to accept your acceptance. And then number three, we talked about the envy test. That's the big green monster inside. The monster of comparison and jealousy and envy. And you sabotage your own future and render your own gifts inactive when you fall into the trap of envy. Been through a lot of those tests. And then number four, we talked about the prayer test. And that's something that we have to do in every situation, getting the counsel of God, the prayer test. And then number five, the servant test, learning that all your gifts were given to you to help and bless others, not so that others could serve you and exalt you and prop you up. And then we talked about the humility test, just humbling yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. It starts with humility, and it's not natural for us, but it's a test we have to pass. All right, so today we're going to pick up on test number seven, the seventh test that taught me lessons, is the obedience test. Now, let me just say something about obedience. Obedience doesn't earn you favor with God, because we know, and if you have been following me for any amount of time right now, you will know that the only thing that gives us favor from God is grace. God's favor is undeserved and unearned. And I'm not talking just about salvation, but his favor is on your life 100% of the time. So why do we need to obey? Why is it important to obey? First of all, let me remove the pressure from you that your obedience is the price of God's favor. That price was paid. But why do we need to obey? Obedience positions you for your future and for the quality of life that you live. You know, when you obey God and leave the consequences to him, And that's a hard thing to do, but I encourage people to do that. Just obey God and leave the consequences to him. But what if, God, this happens and I obey you and things fall apart? Or what if I obey you and the bottom falls out? The bottom may fall out of what you're standing on, but you'll you'll enter into another bottom. You'll have another platform to step onto. Uh, You know, I just want to encourage you that obedience doesn't get you into heaven, but it brings a little bit of heaven down into your life. You know, I always tell people, you know, you don't 
have to, to live like hell on your way to heaven or to experience hell on your way to heaven. God wants us to have a little taste of heaven on our journey. There's an old song I used to sing, um, the journey gets sweeter every day. And, you know, when we disobey, when we turn our backs on God, when we avoid doing the right things, it doesn't uh, cause us to lose our relationship and our salvation, but it causes us to lose the joy in our life because God wants to set us up for success. God wants to bless us. God wants us to walk in congruence with his will and what is best for us. And sometimes we miss that part of the journey just to obey. And I believe that, you know, sometimes our journey of obedience can be stopped a little bit short because we don't hear the voice of God speaking like we used to. Like when you obey the Lord, God will give you the next set of instructions, but I believe God speaks to those who obey him the quickest. I don't want to just be saved and on my way to heaven, but I want to hear the voice of the Lord. I want to hear clarity. I want to know where I'm going and what I'm supposed to be doing and who I'm supposed to be connecting with and what direction to go. And and I believe you'll always be stuck at your last point of disobedience. I'm not talking about losing your salvation, but just losing some of the direction in our lives. You know, choices create your pleasure or your pain. And sometimes making the wrong choices brings pain into your life unneeded. There's needless pain that we deal with in life just through simple disobedience. But God wants us to to experience the joy of the journey. And I believe obedience is really a test of grace. Do you trust God? Do you believe what you say? Do you believe that God has you no matter what? And if he's calling you out somewhere and telling you to do something, do you trust that he will give you the grace to do what he's called you to do? See, a lot of times people think that when God speaks to them that they're not equipped to obey. They're not, they're not prepared to obey. But let me tell you something. The minute you obey God, The minute you do what he tells you to do, that enabling grace will come into your life and help you move forward in the call and the purposes of God. Righteousness and salvation is the root and works are the fruit. Let's show the world that grace truly lives in us by displaying a a life of obedience to God. When you fail to, to obey the Lord, there's going to be this thing inside of you that says, man, I, I, I feel like I'm doing the wrong thing. And this is not a bad thing. This is a warning sign or an indicator that, you know, you're walking in the wrong direction. God's saying, hey, listen, let's go this way. Come on, let, come on, let's go this way. You'll hear the Holy Spirit. No, no, let's do this. Let's, let's act this way. Let's say this. Let's not respond that way. Let's go this way. Let's go this way. You know that the devil doesn't tell you to do the right thing. The Holy Spirit will tell you to do the right thing. And I just say that if we want to have sensitivity to the voice of God in our life, we have to be obedient because when you obey the Lord, God will continue to speak instructions to you and you will feel that sense of his his wisdom and God is the number one seat on our advisory council. Can I, can I get an amen? The advice that God gives, the wisdom that God brings is not to harm you, but to help you. So I want to encourage you to walk in obedience, even radically. If he tells you to do something that's outside of your comfort zone, do it. But what's more important that we do the things that we know we should do, like how we respond to people, the things we say, our attitudes, um, our decisions, our actions. 
and the way we live our life. Let's live a life of obedience. It's good for us. It's healthy. It's right. But I want to encourage you right here. When you disobey or when you're courage level is so low that you just can't do what God's called you to do. Remember the grace test. (laughs) Go back to grace. God is patient. God is kind. And you know, some people say, well, the Lord's not waiting on you. No, no. God has patience and he will help you to walk out this obedience that he's calling you to. Listen, grace will move you in the direction of obedience. Grace will move you in the direction of alignment to the purposes of God. So trust grace. Grace will get you there. Grace will move you in that direction. Maybe you're too afraid to do it right now, and that's okay. You need to have some patience with yourself. I say take bold steps, but if you're not ready, wait on the Lord, and he will give you the courage you need to step out. Listen, guys, I got to tell you something. So many people will try to scare you in this obedience thing. They'll say, well, you know, if you don't obey God right now, you're going to miss your chance. And that gets us anxious. And then we make decisions based on our fear rather than our faith. I believe it's important when God calls you to do something, there's some time, there's, there's, there's some preparation of our heart. We need the faith to do some things sometimes, and sometimes it's hard to just be courageous. So be patient with yourself. Be patient with God. He'll get you there in his time. So one big test that's taught me lesson is the obedience test. And remember, when you disobey or whether you fail to obey in the moment, remember the grace test. All right, number eight is the integrity test. The integrity test. You know, you'll never rise above the level of your own character in life. Do you know that? Because your character is what's going to be able to sustain you at the next level. You know, you may have heard this said, but talent will get you there, but character will sustain you there or keep you there. And I believe that God will never promote us to a place that our character isn't able to sustain us. Integrity is living your life in such a way that if your story were to be printed in the headlines, you wouldn't be ashamed for people to see it. Now, we all have those things in our life that we pray no one ever finds out about. I get that. If that uh, reality camera were to follow you around, would you be okay with that? If you want to exceed in life and leadership and relationships and your career and your business or whatever it is, your ministry... You're going to have to live a life of integrity. I think of integrity as two words, into gritty, (laughs) into gritty, the small things, into the small things, you know, because most of our life consists of the little decisions that we've made every single day. You know, some people, they'll go to the mirror and they'll look at themselves and they'll go, oh my goodness, what happened to me? I used to be so skinny and, and now look at me, what happened? Well, it was because you made little decisions along the way to eat the wrong foods and to eat too much and to eat at the wrong time of the day. And then you made some decisions not to exercise. And those little things compounded over time to where now you're like, how did this happen? It seemed like it was overnight, but it really happened over a significant period of time. And people who make huge mistakes and fall out and broken marriages and lost businesses and lost careers, a lot of times it's because they made bad decisions along the way. They didn't gauge their integrity and 
have integrity. You know, when you talk about the structure of a skyscraper, you talk about its integrity to withstand wind and storm and the the strength of the integrity of a structure will keep it standing through the test of time. And you know, that's what happens when we build on integrity and character in our lives. We are building scaffolding around our lives that increase and support that structure that cause it to stand when the storms come and when people are saying and doing all kinds of things that are against God's purposes. We can stand in those moments with our integrity and stand the test of time and still be stable. It doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes and that we're not going to fail. Man, I got to tell you, that's part of it. But a person with integrity will bounce back from failure and continue to build their lives forward with the small things. It's the small things that make the bigger picture. And I want to add this to it. We make better decisions when we consider the long term over the short term. Instant gratification versus delayed gratification. I mean, sometimes we'll go out and we'll spend something that we shouldn't spend. We spend too much money on items and get it really quickly instead of think, do I really need this? Or what about what's coming down the road and putting money back for savings and, you know, just the little things in our lives that's going to help us have a better future. Make decisions that affect your future more than you make decisions that affect your present. One of the biggest things you can do to build on the integrity and character of your life is to exercise gratitude over gratification gratitude over gratification if we can just be grateful and live our lives in the golden frame of gratitude if we can be more grateful it will help us to conquer that immediate gratification gratitude is greater than gratification when you're more grateful you have less leaning and tendency and inordinate affections for things that you don't have and wanting and lusting after things that you don't really need. I believe that instead of buying the new kicks, (laughs) you need to ask God for better character. New tennis shoes aren't going to change your life. That new suit's not going to change your life. That new car's not going to change your life. It's having the gratitude to where you can live life content. Paul said, I'm content in all things. I've learned to be content, whether I'm suffering or whether I'm succeeding, whether I'm poor or whether I'm rich. I've learned to be grateful and content. And that really protects our integrity, our character. We keep ourselves out of trouble because we don't allow lust for material things and and coveting things to lead us down the wrong roads, but to be happy where we are. Are you happy being the vice president? Are you happy being a coworker? Or do you always feel this need to be on the top and be the one who's seen and heard and successful and popular? Again, if you're not grateful for who you are, where you are, and what you have, you'll have inordinate leanings toward things and you'll make wrong decisions. That's how we can build integrity into our life. So part of passing that integrity test is learning how to be grateful. You get an A plus in gratitude, being thankful for where you are and what God has given you and being happy. You know, you can be happy. You don't have to be miserable all the time. And I believe that if we'll be grateful over being gratified, we will have a better bend toward passing that integrity test. Hey guys, I just want to take a moment right here in the middle to remind you to subscribe to this podcast Leave us a generous review. Give us five stars and tell us what you think. And then share this podcast with one or two other people in your circle of relationships 
who need to hear what you're hearing today. And I also want to encourage you to go to my YouTube channel, check out our videos there. I post a powerful video each week laying down a case for the gospel of grace. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope these tests that taught me lessons are speaking to you. So let's jump back into it with our next test. All right, the next test, number nine, is the ministry test. Now, this is my personal test, and maybe it doesn't relate to you directly. Maybe you don't have a ministry. I mean, we're all called to minister in some way or another, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with whomever we come into contact with through our lives and, and through our, our attitudes and you know, just speaking of the gospel in everyday life. But the ministry test is a huge test for me because it comprises my whole life, and I'm constantly taking this test. And I'm finding out that God makes men, not ministries. Can I say that again? God makes men, not ministries or women (laughs) and not ministries. That's why we go through so much stuff in our lives, because we're supposed to walk in the integrity of who we are, not what we do. Okay. What you do is a, is an outflow of who you are. And so God will lead you into situations to build you as a person, not your ministry. There's a lot of people out there that have that plastic facade of a ministry, but they're really not walking in the character that that ministry promotes. You can actually have a ministry and really not be a minister. You can be making money and you can be traveling and speaking, or you can be serving on a staff at a local church somewhere, uh, but you're not really a minister. God wants to make ministers before he makes ministries. And I just ask you this question, what do you really want? Do you want to have a successful ministry or do you want to have a solid relationship with Jesus? Do you want to be in that place where you're so content in who you are in Christ that you can let that be the source from where you flow out of. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not about being popular and being seen. Again, it goes back to that servant test. What do you really want to do? Are you wanting to be seen or do you want to serve? That's a lifelong test. And the only way you're going to be able to endure ministry is know that you are called by God to do it. It can't just be an ambition or something you saw somebody do and thought, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to stand on the stage and, and speak and, and, and sign books and, and be popular and, and, and have a big Instagram account and all these things, which I, I do not have a large Instagram account, but I'm just saying, I think sometimes we can get an inordinate affection for this thing called ministry and God will constantly put us in places that'll temper that selfish ambition. I call it places, spaces, and faces. God will put us in places that'll challenge us and refine us, and he'll put us in uh, faces. He'll put us with people. (laughs) I call it Brother Butcher and Sister Sandpaper. God will put those people around you to shave some of the rough edges off of your life. But what do you really want? And I've talked with so many that are opting out of ministry because it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. Yeah, this is yeah, this is just not good for me. Uh, I, I'm not called. Good. I'm glad you discovered that, that you're not called to do this. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I've talked to guys that just realized, I've talked to girls that just realized, yeah, I thought I was called to do this, but I'm not. And sometimes that's an excuse. Sometimes that's like, yeah, this is just too hard for me to endure. And I have to encourage them and say, hey, this is part of it. 
When you get in tough situations and you get in challenging situations and seasons that really test your character and test whether you're called to it or not. I mean, pandemic tested me in so many ways. Am I really called to do this? And yes, I am. I'm sticking it out. Even in the shutdown and lockdown, when my ministry shut down and traveling stopped, you know what? God was using that as a test. This is a ministry test. Do you believe I've called you? Because if you truly are called, you will stay in it through the long haul. Because ministry starts getting really tough after day one. The, the, the green curtain opens and you see who's behind that green curtain. And, and, and you realize that it's not what you had believed it was all these years. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 14, the will of God compels me or constrains me. And so I'm just encouraging you in this season of your ministry test, don't despise the small place that you're in right now. You know, Abraham had his tent. Jacob had his prison. Moses had his desert. David had his cave. Elijah had his widow's house. And Jesus had his Nazareth. And I believe that when you fall in love with the desert that you're in, That's when you're ready for promotion. And when I say the desert, sometimes God will call ministers. And I mean, for the most part, to a desert, to a lonely place, to some place that is undesirable by any. But you raised your hand when God was looking for people who will who can I get to go to this location and who can I get to go to this little small church and who can I get to go out and do this thing? And your hand was up. God used me. And so God took you and put you there. And now the nostalgia is gone and you're living in the reality of where you are. But I'm telling you, you can fall in love with your desert. I can't tell you the times in my life where I despise the places God sent me and it took me a while but I eventually fell in love with it and started loving the people and loving the place and then when God would call me away from that place it was heartbreaking because I fell in love with my desert what does that mean it just basically means that sometimes those desert places that we didn't want at first are going to be something that we fell in love with and this is a big ministry test that I've experienced in my own life I would accept something with a little bit of hesitation I would jump into it. It would be great for a while and then it would start getting really hard and then it would be great and then it would be devastating and difficult and then it would be seasons of, oh, this is okay, you know, and then then it would get really, 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 really bad. And then I would want out so bad, so bad, so bad. And then I would have to endure what I call the excruciating waiting period of just pressing through seasons that I just thought would never let up on me. And then there would be some breakthrough and some freedom and some joy. And then you, you'd be back in the midst of it again. And it's just kind of a cycle that goes up and down. Ministry sometimes doesn't feel steady, but if you're called to the ministry and called where the ministry is, where God has you, and you do that under the calling of God, then you'll stick it out in tough times. This is the ministry test. I'm still experiencing this in many ways, even today. But sometimes the longer you stay in ministry, it will Again, go back to that character. (laughs) It will build that character rock solid. It'll put a foundation in your life. You'll be stronger than you even know you are because you were able to endure. The Bible says endure as a good soldier. That's really the biggest test of ministry is to endure. It's not what you've learned to do. It's what you've learned to endure. 
And God is looking for people who will just say yes to the call. Someone's listening to this right now. God is calling you into a ministry and you're afraid to do it. That's good. I'm glad you're afraid because being afraid means you don't trust in yourself. Don't put any confidence in the flesh. Trust God. And I just want to encourage you to step into it. Close your eyes, step into it. And just like that obedience test we talked about a minute ago, trust God with the consequences. Say yes to it. You know it. I don't know, man. I feel like right now I'm really talking to somebody out there who is afraid to step into that ministry because they're afraid of the test. But I promise you, I know this sounds corny, (laughs) but in ministry, your test will be your testimony. Come on. Your mess is your message. And that's what ministry is. It's not a grander, um, you know, exotic vacation. Ministry is a battle. You've entered the battlefield. But I just say suit up and walk in that call that God has put on your life. And you'll pass the ministry test. Hey, guys, that's all the time we have for today. I hope I spoke some encouragement into your life. And believe me, believe me, you have what it takes to take the tests and to pass the tests. And I just want to speak to you right now. If you are in the middle of a test right now, just stay in it. You may think you're getting all the answers wrong. You may think you're failing in every turn that you make, but actually your failures are leading you toward a better outcome. Trust that the test you're in and your responses to the questions and the situations that you're going through right now are going to pan out. Just stay in it. Don't give up. And God will show you at the end that you actually passed the test. Hey, if this uh, podcast has blessed you and encouraged you, I want to remind you to subscribe to it. Leave us a generous review. Give us five stars. Tell us what you think. And then share this podcast with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you're hearing today. Hey, I'll be back again real soon with another encouraging teaching, something to help you discover how to have peace and joy to the fullest in every area of your life. And until then, we'll see you.